Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The Washington Report. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker, and we're going to turn our attention to headlines out of the United States. In focus this week, U.S. President Joe Biden from his visit to Israel last week, and could his relationship with the country possibly drag down his fight for political survival? Quite a bit we're looking at. And helping me out, as always, is Trisha Craig, Vice President, Engagement, and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology, and Political Science for Yale and U.S. College. Trisha, how are you? How was your trip, by the way? As you know, I was in the U.S. It was really interesting to catch up and hear how people are viewing politics there. Yeah, I'm sure it must be very different from the rest of the world and overlapping issues as well. And one of the hot topics has to be U.S. President Joe Biden visiting Israel. He met Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Let's talk about this relationship that exists and how it could shape war policy. Well, you know, over the course of Biden's career, and it's been a long career, he's been a senator, vice president, now president. He has been a staunch supporter of Israel. He, as a senator, had more campaign donations from pro-Israel groups than anybody else. As Obama's vice president, he acted as a go-between between the administration and Israel, and he has known Bibi Netanyahu for almost 40 years. Mm. So one of the things I think to, to know about him is that he has never wavered on the importance of Israel's ability to defend itself. So I think what's going on now is deeply personal to him. But he's also been clear that you know he supports a two-state solution, and that's something that he reiterated when he spoke to the American people a few days. Yeah, the dual track approach to the Gaza crisis, he's standing staunchly beside Netanyahu in public while, you know, at the same time trying to hold him back in private. Perhaps you could dive a little bit deeper into this strategy and and also your thoughts on how he handled the Gaza hospital blaster incident. Yeah. So I think you're right that there is a clear strategy that the administration is pursuing, which is strong support for Netanyahu, but really using every possible diplomatic channel and private channel and relationship channel to kind of slow Israel's role. I think over the weekend, we saw that humanitarian assistance was finally able to reach Gaza. You know, the scenes of Palestinian suffering, I think, have been very present on the world stage. The diplomatic assistance of Qatar helped two Americans who were being held hostage um, get released. And we've seen a lot of press reports that the White House is really taking quite pains not to confirm or deny, but there's been a lot of press reports that the administration is pressing Israel to delay an invasion. They, I think the U.S. is keen to see humanitarian aid reach victims as quickly as possible and also to slow the spread of the conflict to neighboring countries. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of that dual approach that we're we're talking about. This show of being in Israel, is it more of a a performative uh, approach in, in your opinion? How would you wrap this up? I don't think so. I mean, okay. there, Biden really, I think, sees himself as, as a staunch defender of Israel. And so this is quite natural for him to go there. You know, one of the things I think that we see and how he explains this is his response in some ways, you know, going a little bit beyond the conflict, is a reflection of his existential view of the U.S. and American democracy. Throughout his presidency, we have seen him, you know, look at the world in terms of the forces of democracy, for which he sees a strong leadership role for the U.S., and the forces of anti-democratic autocracy. And that's not just his sort of, you know, view of Hamas, but it's also how he defended aid to Ukraine against Putin and when he complains about Xi Jinping. So I think this is really part of his general worldview. 
But how does that play out when, you know, he makes statements like, I'm a Zionist. I mean, it's, it's obviously drawing lines, as, as we have discussed. I mean, should he have made such a statement? Is it not making things worse? Well, I think this is not something new for Biden. Uh, 15 years ago, he called himself a Zionist, saying yeah. that you don't need to be Jewish yes. to be a Zionist. Yes. There's, there's no question that he is a strong supporter of Israel, its right to exist, and to defend itself. But he is also making clear that, you know, he's... You know, until the bombing of the hospital, there were plans for a regional summit with Jordan, uh, with Egyptian President el-Sisi, with the Palestinian Authority leader. So he is reaching out to the rest of the region as well. Just one more point on the political side before I, I dive into the so-called economic implications. Back home, though, in the United States, uh, this unwavering show of support, does, does that help his cause with the people of the United States? You know, I think right now, probably a bit. One of the okay. things that one of the things that we see is that with the attack on Israel, um, support has really risen in the U.S. for Israel. It's always it's always been relatively strong, but mm. a recent polling shows that three quarters of Democrats now see Israel as a friend. That's up dramatically. Okay. Over eighty percent of Republicans do. And so that is, you know, generally speaking, I think something that he can capitalize on. All right. One of the things that's going to be really tough, though, is Biden has asked Congress for a budget request to support Israel. And normally this would be something really easy to to do, right? You've got widespread bipartisan support and more support amongst the Republicans who are in the majority. But we've got this crazy situation in the U.S. that for the first time in history, the House of Representatives does not have a speaker. So the House is really extremely limited in what it can do. Until we can get a speaker, it's hard and complicated to bring legislation to the floor and to a vote. And, you know, as of yesterday, there are nine congressmen running for Speaker of the House amongst yeah. the Republicans. So this yeah. is going to take even longer than normal. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can see articles, and even in the CNN, I just pulled up an article, an opinion piece of how the U.S. is dangerously close to being pulled into a Middle East war. I'm sure a lot of views going around there, but let's not forget the support, uh, military aid that was also promised to the likes of Ukraine. Where's all this money going to come from? And can, uh, I think more importantly, into your area of expertise, Tricia, can Biden even keep up to his promise? It's going to be quite difficult. I think one of the things, however, I mean, I think there are two things. One is that there is a lot of support among the Republicans. But given that this conflict has broken out in the Middle East, it's something that people are very concerned about. And it really highlights the kind of dysfunction that's going on in Congress. And so this might be a push for the Republicans to kind of get their house in order and elect somebody soon. Um, Because one of the things I think it does, and I think the Republicans are well aware of this, is that it really puts them into, you know, with with an election coming up, a very poor light of, you know, really acting in a way that is demonstrably against the U.S.'s interests. Ah, okay. That's a good point. I mean, okay, so we, we've kind of covered the economic basis and we go back into politics because his fight for political survival comes back to the big stage uh, in 2024 for that presidential bid. How do you see this going then? You know, I think this is... I think there are real positives for Biden, but okay. I think there are some also... I think it's also quite tricky. If the conflict becomes... Regional, for example, I think that this 
puts him in a very tough situation because the Americans do not want to get dragged into another conflict. On the other hand, he is acting as the global statesman. I think that that helps his own image. I think one of the things that is going to be tough for him in terms of his own internal party politics is where this goes. I think if the Israeli response is seen as really disproportionate, if we see lots of civilian casualties when they do go on an offensive, um, I think that's going to hurt Biden internally in his own party because, as I said, the Democrats, although generally supportive of Israel, they're much more divided than the Republicans. One wing of the Democrats is much more pro-Palestinian than another. And so I think if we see real human suffering and tragedy unfolding, that could hurt Biden with his own party. I'm going to come back to that point in in, in just a sec, but how's this for a headline? Is Sleepy Joe trying to prove he's awake? The Republican attack is going to come, you know, in the upcoming election. Uh, how is he trying to frame himself as, OK, he's not weak. He actually is a person that's in touch and for lack of better choice of words, awake. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think there is any sense in which yeah. Biden is using this uh, crisis okay. to prove, okay. uh, you know, to prove that he's not asleep at the wheel. This is personal for him. Mm. And this is. This is his view of what the U.S. should be doing in the world. Okay. Then on that note, looking at next year, his re-election, I mean, there's so many issues. It doesn't help that the economy has has come into question. Is his re-election, in your opinion, going to depend more on domestic issues like the, the economy or how the world perceives the United States and how he represents the United States? You know, I think like so many global leaders, he is much more appreciated abroad than at home. Ah. Um, And I think and I think this is true of many, many leaders around the world. Generally speaking, the election, like all elections in the U.S., will be fought on domestic importance like the economy, inflation, jobs, to some extent, things like student debt crisis. But I think for Biden, he does get to point out his skills as a statesman. And I think where he'll use that is to really contrast what the, you know, kind of the state of the Republican Party. And also, don't forget, he is almost certainly going to be running against Donald Trump, who um, who is who will have all kinds of things to say about about support for Israel and, and Ukraine, although I think that he and Biden are probably closer on support for Israel than they are on Ukraine. But I think that one of the things that that Biden will try to highlight with his kind of global statesmanship is the contrast between him and defendant Trump, yeah, not just okay. not just former President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be quite an entertaining uh, and worth analyzing when the time comes. But I do appreciate some of the points that you brought up today, Tricia. Very insightful. We've been speaking with Tricia Craig, Vice President, Engagement and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology and Political Science at Yale and U.S. College. I appreciate your time as always. Take care and have a great Monday evening. You too. Thanks, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.